Textology to God hollow because this is how we do it at All Things Theology. Yo, grace and peace, guys. Welcome back to another episode of All Things Theology, where I'm your host, K Dub, and today we're going to talk about some liberal theology, some TikTok videos. You guys know I'll be uh, getting TikTok videos sent to me. I'm not on TikTok, but we'll talk about it. But before we do that, <laughs> Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel if you're not, and as always, click the notification bell so you can be aware when I drop content. So, Brandon Robertson, Brand Pastor Brandon Robertson. This will be an episode that will, you know, we need to know how to do uh, respond even to the most heretical stuff, right? You know, and so, uh, yes, I'm going to expose you to some nauseating stuff but i'm going to help you if you're not uh if you're not able to respond to these things because you know sometimes you know you know liberals will give challenging things to think about and so we will do that a uh, pastor i don't i don't even like calling him that but unfortunately he is a pastor unfortunately he has a flock unfortunately he has people that attend his church unfortunately like i said um you know, and he is not someone you should be following. We're going to we're going to play some clips. We're going to play some videos uh, demonstrating that. But I want to show you something first, just so you can understand what I'm talking about. Like, am I mean, I'm just being mean. Am I, am I just being uncharitable? Well, find out for yourself. We're going to take a look at his own website. Right. Uh, let's see here. It is. Let's see. That's you see that better. Hold on. Why 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 is it so close? Let's uh get back a little bit. You know, I just I don't know why it's doing that. Uh, but nevertheless, here's his <laughs> here's his website. <coughs> here's his website, guys. Uh, Robertson is spreading the good word of an inclusive modern gospel, which kind of shows you the the problem of this <laughs> of his theology. Uh from you know from the start and you know this is what rolling stone is saying about you so that says a lot right that says a lot right there but nevertheless let's check out his website let's let's let, let, hold on let, oh wait look, let's look at this let's look at this brandon robertson is an author activist and public theologian working at the intersections of spirituality sexuality and social renewal so good old good old Good old uh, critical theory right there. Um, <laughs> he has a book called Feel to be Empty, The Path to Liberation for Privileged People. You can tell exactly where he's coming from. I mean, critical theory, all all the all that. But let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go to his about section. Let's read a bit about that. Reverend Brandon Robertson is a noted uh, author, pastor, activist, and public theologian working at the intersections of spirituality, sexuality, and social renewal. He's, he currently serves as the lead pastor of Metanoia Church, a digital progressive faith community. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. A digital progressive... Well, I, I, I do know what it is, but, you know, what is what is this supposed to communicate, you know? Um... <laughs> Someone said theologian is third on that list. <laughs> He's a prolific reading again from the his uh, about me section. He's a prolific writer, 
He is author of seven books on spirituality, justice, and theology, including the Indies Book of the Year Award finalist, True Inclusion. Alrighty. Um, <laughs> it's just very interesting. Very interesting. Uh, very, uh, yeah, just l listen to this. Each year, Robertson speaks on, on a variety of topics across the globe and has been an honored speaker at renowned institutions such as the White House, Oxford University, and the Parliament of World Religions. Huh, world, wait, world religions? Okay, okay. He's named by the Human Rights Campaign as one of the top faith leaders. Again, reading from the article, uh, or the blog here, or the website. Leading the fight for the LGBTQ plus, sorry, the LGBTQ plus equality. <clears throat> yeah. Robinson has worked with political leaders and activists around the world to end uh, conversion therapy hmm. and promotes the human rights of sexual and gender minorities. Hmm. Interesting. Um, he works as a national organizer organizer of people of faith on a wide array of social and political issues. And it's is a founding member of the union of affirming Christians and the global interfaith commissions on LGBTQ plus lives. All right, his church is in Washington, D.C., D.C., or that's where he resides. Um, oh, let's see what people are saying about Brandon. Father James Martin, good old Roman Catholic. Let's see. Brandon is one of the most original of contemporary Christian writers, a compassionate pastor, and a real advocate for justice in the world. Okay, well, whoa, 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 Rob Bell. Rob Bell, the universalist, uh... <laughs> love wins author if you know anything about rob bell he says the thing about brandon is he's really intelligent and he has a huge heart but he's also fearless and it's that alchemy that makes him such a compelling voice all right all right all right um <laughs> there's so much on his uh website that you could uh you can check out um racial justice gender justice uh, is theology section here, uh, current event. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot you can, uh, <laughs> you can, uh, check about, but, uh, yeah, that's, th that's, that's what you're going to get from, um, Brandon Robertson here. And guys, if you, <laughs> some of you guys are already panting, you're sweating, you're, you're make it stop, right? You're, you're, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're saying things like this. And I get it. I get it. You know, and you just you just want to yell at them like, What's wrong with you people? Some of you are already in that kind of mode, and I get it. Totally deserved. But let's do a little breathing exercise, right? Let's, let's breathe. Let's breathe. Let's let's calm down. Let's let's not make emotional attacks. Let's, you know, let's deal with what he's saying. Yes, CZQ, you are right about that. Many many people should not be teachers. But are you guys ready for the real the real troubling things? And, and, and guys, you know how I do it here. I want you to think about it. I, I, 
I want you to think about things that people are throwing in the way of Christianity, right? You know, they're saying we're off. This is the better. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I think I think we might wait. We might be back. We might be back. Let's see. Are we are we back? <laughs> are we are we back? Let's see. Wow, I don't know what just happened there. Let's see. We're you guys let me know. Are we <laughs> Let me sip my Waterloo. Wow, I don't know what happened, y'all. Apologies, apologies. <laughs> when you're dealing with heresy, this is what what you know, this is the risk you take. But yeah, make sure you like this video, uh, subscribe to this channel, click the notification bell. We're going we're gonna to get right into it, y'all. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're, 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 we're back like we never left. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's let me show you some nasty. Let's let, let's get into it, guys. Let's 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 do it. The word Christian was originally used. It simply meant those who were following the way of Jesus. Those earliest followers of Jesus didn't believe almost anything that modern Christians now say is orthodoxy. In fact, biblical historians tell us that the earliest Christian communities had such disparate theologies that you wouldn't be able to compare one group's beliefs to another group's beliefs because they all had their own unique perspectives and views on who God was, what salvation was, what Jesus's mission was. In other words, the key for the early Christians wasn't having the right set of beliefs that united them all together, but instead devotion to following and living out the way of Jesus. Wouldn't it be incredible if Christians today stopped drawing boundary lines based on differing beliefs and instead united with common purpose to love our neighbors and love God? Christianity has become a religion about believing the right things and doing the right rituals rather than actually following Jesus. Which should beg the question, are such folks actually Christians? All right, well, there you go, guys. We're, we're going to replay that, and we're going to respond to each point, but I just wanted you to hear it. Brandon Robertson says, you're not really a, he questions your salvation if you kind of value doctrine, right? You're right. Uh, you know, hey, you guys are putting all this emphasis on doctrine. The early Christians did not put this emphasis on doctrine like you do. So quit being nitpicky. And just be more moralistic as long as people are doing the right things. That's about a good summary of what he just said, right? Let's well, let's let's go back. Let's go back and talk about it. Let's let's do that. All right. Christian was originally used. It simply meant those who were following the way of Jesus. Those earliest followers of Jesus didn't believe almost anything that modern Christians now say is orthodoxy. Without him referring to who he's talking about, it, it, it's just an assertion, right? Oh, the earliest Christians didn't believe any, almost anything modern. Well, maybe if you're talking about yourself, maybe, I mean, because you're, you're, you're preaching a modern gospel that was talked about, right? But he, he, he doesn't, you know, talk about who, because I, I believe I can follow, I can, you know, point to uh, justification for my doctrinal beliefs. Now, you can't because <laughs> we've already seen some of your doctrinal beliefs. And I can understand why you wouldn't want doctrinal uh, doctrinal positions to be as the standard, you know, for what the Bible Bible teaches. Rather, you just want to uh, 
do what they do. But even that's problematic because you don't you don't want that either. But we'll 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 find out. But let's let's keep going. In fact, biblical historians tell us that the earliest Christian community. Wait, but let me let me. This, this comment is excellent. <laughs> How do you define right without right doctrine? That is an excellent question, Pam. I sense uh, I sense a kindred spirit with you, <laughs> in the sense that yes, but but let, let's keep going. Had such disparate theologies that you wouldn't be able to compare one group's beliefs to another group's. So he say, hey, the early Christians had so so vast in their theologies you couldn't you couldn't even tell them. I mean, they were so vast. Early Christians were so so uh you know in disunity you couldn't even. You couldn't even tell them like they were who who the Christians were. I mean, like I said, don't know who he's referring to, but without being specific, it's just an assertion. Because they all had their own unique perspectives and views on who God was, what salvation was, what Jesus's mission was. In other words, the key for the early Christians wasn't having the right set of beliefs that united them all together, but instead devotion to following and living out the way of Jesus. That's false. Hope you hope you guys don't mind if I would read some Bible verses to. <laughs> justify why i say that's false uh one verse we see this here is first timothy four sixteen. now given what he just said we would not expect a verse like this in the bible right don't really don't really you know pay attention to doctrine just the lifestyle now lifestyle is important right but notice what first timothy four sixteen says keep a close watch notice what it says on yourself and on the teaching. <laughs> That's the doctrine, bro. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by for notice notice this. For persist in this for by so doing, that is keeping a watch on yourself and on the teaching, you will save both yourselves and the hearers. Wow, sounds like doctrine's very important because at the center of it, salvation lies. Hmm. But I thought there was no really consensus on doctrine. So how can we pay attention to the doctrine if we don't really know what the right doctrine is? Right? Titus 1.9, he must, speaking of an elder, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. So that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine. And also to rebuke those who contradicted. Whoa! Paul, Relax. You're going a little far, don't you know? We've we've modernized this, and we don't we don't need all that doctrine stuff. Even though that's a doctrine in itself, but nevertheless, Titus two one. But as for you, that is the elder, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Hmm. I mean, there's so many verses that teach this. I can go on and on. Matter of fact, let me read a few more. Let me read a few more. Romans 16, 17 is a great one. I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions and create obstacles. Contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught, avoid them. So biblically, avoid, avoid Brandon Robertson, right? Don't go to his church. Don't support his ministry. Um, he, he's actually telling you to do opposite. Don't avoid, don't avoid people who teach contrary to what you've been taught. Matter of fact, embrace them. As long as they're doing the right thing, you're, you're, they're your brothers in the faith and humanity, right? Is that isn't that what we were just told? Hmm. Um. I mean, so so many verse. Uh, second Second John one nine. Everyone who goes on ahead 
and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Wow. So this whole doctrine thing, <laughs> as he belittles that, is very important. Right? Very important. Um, but we pay. And, and let me give this as a warning. To those who minimize the importance of doctrine. To those who have minimized the importance of doctrine is usually because they have some heresy. Right. Why else would you want to minimize the uh, importance of doctrine? Right. It's because you are not keeping in line with what the Bible says. But let's go forth. Wouldn't it be incredible if Christians today stopped drawing boundary lines based on differing beliefs and instead united with common purpose to love our neighbors and love God? Sounds good, but no. Again, we've already established that drawing lines in the sand over doctrinal issues is important. Matter of fact, the Bible tells you to. Brandon, do you want to follow the Bible? Or have you done like many do? This Now, this is a great analogy of liberalism you know, and, and other, other worldviews, what they, what many people do with religion is this, uh, right? They have a well, right? You know, you know, you know, maybe, maybe this is an older example. Some people have used a mirror for this example. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's use a mirror because it's a more modern example. They look down the, 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 the mirror of religion and right. They see themselves. Right. And that's generally what they view God is. He, he's just like me. Right. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't do this. I, 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 I do this. And therefore, many conclude that's what God is like. And what you have is the reflection of themselves in their own religion. So God looks a lot like. Brandon Robertson. You know, all the things he wants, God agrees with. It's like the golden calf. You, I mean, the God, golden calf can't speak back or any of these things and so so yeah let's keep going christianity has become a religion about believing the right things and doing the right rituals rather than actually following jesus it's both because aren't we to follow what jesus said or or, or is just or is or is jesus just a moral good teacher a moral good example i i would be curious to his answer to that like don't, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter what he says. I mean, he was just a great example. You know, that's that's kind of what liberalism reduces Jesus to. He, he, he was a great example to humanity that all religions can follow and learn from. Yeah, yeah. Should beg the question, are such folks actually Christians? So Brandon Robertson, if you do not agree with what he's saying, then he he doubts if you're a Christian. Well, the very ironic irony of that. Now, he does not actually get around his own dilemma because he's saying, you know, we don't need these doctrinal beliefs, hard lines in the sand. But he sounds pretty hard lined in the sand, doesn't he? Because <laughs> if you're not going with what he's saying, he doubts if you're a Christian. The irony, you know, uh, be like I said, people who say Doctrine doesn't matter. That's a doctrinal statement itself. <laughs> it is a it is a theology about God that God does not really care about what you believe or what you adhere to. But it's like I said, it's it's a self it's a self refuting statement. It's like saying you don't believe in a uh, objective truth. 
Well, is that if that statement, <laughs> you know, if that statement is object, if then that statement itself, yeah, if you don't believe in objective truth, then that statement itself is false. It's it, it's it's subjective. So therefore, we're not to follow it. So again, Brandon Robertson uh, gives a standard which he's not actually following. But like I said, I believe he provided verses that actually shows contrary to what he said and false. And so I know a lot of people bring it up. Yes, he is the pastor who said that Jesus was racist. I don't have that as one of my clips because I've already done a video of that. If you would like to take a look at it, I've, I've, I've reviewed that before. So I have some some other clips, maybe some newer clips that I uh, was sent or uh, checked out. So let's 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 dive into another clip here. I am a Christian agnostic. Now, <laughs> anyone, you know. It, it, everyone listening should be just be like, whoa, wait a second. W what? You are a Christian agnostic? How, how, how are you two opposing worldviews at the same time? Right? How, how do you follow Christ, but you're not sure who Christ is? Right? You, you have no knowledge of Christ, right? Agnostic, coming from the awe, Gnostic, knowledge, no knowledge. No knowledge of what Christ or the religion of Christianity. It's a, yes, as Kurt the gamer says, it's an oxymoron. You cannot be a Christian agnostic. What we find more so is that he is just an agnostic. Um, someone said if uh, RC Spro was alive today, he'd probably shake Brandon and say, "What's wrong with you? No, no, no need for him. I, I got you. I, I got you." What's wrong with you people? What's wrong with Brandon? <laughs> what in the heathen? Yes. Uh, yeah, you cannot be a Christian agnostic. I mean, that's very uh, uh, obvious. But let's hear his justification for that. What does that mean? Yes. I say I'm a Christian because culturally and religiously, my worldview is grounded in the Christian religion. Um, if you're an agnostic, it's not. But let's keep going. Stories and scriptures, traditions, theologies, the forms and liturgies, the stories of Christianity are how I understand my life and understand the world. I use Christian language and I think in Christian theological terms. But didn't you just tell us there was no... <laughs> See, like I said, he just contradicts what he says in the last video. There's no doctrinal position or Christianity. Now he's saying there's a... There's, I guess there's a standard of theology that he believes and accepts. Which is very interesting. But but notice for him, Christianity is a cultural milieu of what you grow up in and the language you use. Notice what was missing from that. Nothing about the gospel or, or you know, repentance or my faith and trust alone is in Christ, his finished work or, um, you know, he's my Lord. No, nothing. It was very just, oh, I like the theologies, the stories. It's like, <laughs> wow, so we, we, we know what you believe about that. More, more to come on that. I'm a Christian in that sense, but I'm also an agnostic, meaning I don't know the big answers to the big questions of life. I don't know the absolute truth about the nature of reality or our universe. Huh. Huh. Then why call yourself a Christian? Because Christ taught that God created the world. 
I mean, he is the creator of John 1, right? <laughs> um, do you believe Jesus, you know, the one you claim, you know, you know, Christianity, right? He's your Lord, your Savior. He's omniscient in all things, right? He knows all things. Do, do, do you know? Do you trust him, the one who knows all things? Hmm. Just just curious. You know, this is one of the things I'm 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 laying to people once they contradict clearly what Christ has said. I I, I, I lay forth to them the omniscient Lord, Savior, sinless Jesus. And ask them, do they trust what he said? And and most time you'll see, no, I don't. They don't. Let's continue. Being agnostic is to have the humility to admit that finite human beings can never fully comprehend the infinite. This this is a part truth, because yes, can will we fully ever comprehend the infinite? Absolutely. That's that statement is right. But it's not humility when God reveals something about himself or the world to say you don't know. Matter of fact, that is arrogance. Because you are doubting the one who knows all things, who decreed all things. You, you, you're doubting him. So 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 this is cloaked in arrogance. Like I said, it sounds humble. I don't know all things. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I just don't know all these things. Hmm. <laughs> says, how does he live in such an abstract world and yet make absolute claims? I'm going to burn my chicken. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's right. You see, here's the problem with agnosticism. It's not based in reality. Though he claims he doesn't know anything for certain, he's making absolute claims. That itself is a contradictory statement to what he just professed about him being an agnostic. Matter of fact, how do you know you're a Christian agnostic, given your agnosticism? How do you know reality? How do you, how do you know anything to be true once you've capitulated to the philosophical agnostic worldview, which you know consistently held to leads to nihilism, that nothing matters, all is vanity, <laughs> says the Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is your, uh, you know, consistent agnosticism. You know, you, you, you like I said, you, you cannot have two worldviews at once. You need to choose one, Brandon. Let's, let's be honest. He has, it's not Christian. It's not Christian. I believe we get glimpses of God, glimpses of truth, glimpses of ultimate reality, but that is all we get. Wait, how do you actually know that given your agnosticism? How do you know we get glimpses of truth? See, see, in the beginning, see, this, this is the, the, the absurdity of Gnosticism. It sounds very humble. Sounds very, you know, like, wow, you know, yeah, yeah, I don't, I, I can't claim to know. Right. Cause that would be, that would be arrogant. The, only for him to turn around and say, we get glimpses of truth. <laughs> that is a, that is a certain claim about knowledge. We get glimpses of reality. You just contradicted yourself. That is not an agnostic claim. That's that's a that's a Christian statement. <laughs> that's a statement more in line with Christianity, which does claim to have knowledge of, of certain things. Not your not your agnosticism. You know, 
maybe I should do some, uh, you know, I've done a lot in the past, uh, posted videos on apologetics. Uh, maybe I should do some more stuff on this because, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, wouldn't know how to catch the absurdities. But this this is a self this is a self refuting video right here. He's posted in this life, and so I'm humble. I'm open. He's humble. He's open. You're not being humble. If God says something, guess what? <laughs> it's not humble to reject it. It's actually arrogant. The one who knows all things. It's not. It's not. It's not humble. It's arrogance. I'm willing to learn and be challenged and have my perspective evolve and change and transform. What I whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on a second, Brandy. Learn, change, transform. That is, pre uh, you know, <laughs> it is predicated on actually truth existing and us being able to know it. Which is much different from the agnostic worldview you, you capitulated to. I, I'm sorry, I pa <laughs> paused them on a bad uh, point right here. But you can't change your theology, your, 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 your positions, your ideology, if truth is unknowable. Agnosticism. Something to consider, something to think about believe today may be different than what I believe a year from now because we're always meant to be asking questions evolving and growing Christian asking questions about what growing in what the truth oh you, you already said you can't know that <laughs> what do you what do you mean G growing in what knowledge oh we can't know things for certain that's 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 a that's you know that's not to be humble it's like I said this this is a contradiction of contradictions. He contradicts this video contradicts his last video, and this video contradicts it's the video in itself. Very interesting. It gives me language. It gives me a form. It gives me a set of stories and myths to help ground. Did you hear that? He says Christianity gives him a set of stories and myths, so you can already tell what he believes about the Bible. Uh, you think he you think he believes the Bible's an inerrant, inspired word of God, guys? <laughs> I'm obviously asking that facetiously. It's it's very clear what he believes about the Bible. Has myths in it. These stories, you know, once upon a time kind of stuff, you know. These ancient myths. Wow. Wow. My search for meaning and truth. But I don't believe Christianity itself as a religion encapsulates the fullness of truth because nothing can do that. If God is truly God, if God is infinite and eternal and indescribable and uncontainable. No whoa, whoa, hold on. Wait, now you're you're going to your Christianity now. That's not consistent with agnosticism. How do you know God is eternal? All powerful. That's that's what that's the Christian. That's a Christian statement, not agnostic. That, that's an acclaim to certain knowledge you claim you don't have. No religion can contain God. Indeed, no words can contain God. Sure, and that, but that's not what's actually being claimed. The claim isn't that we know all things. The claim is we know some things for certain. <laughs> we can know what God has revealed. That's the, that's the, that's the point. No one's, or, you know, many people... <laughs> Are not arguing 
that Christians become infallible, uh, uh, or sorry, uh, omniscient. They know all things once it become. No, that's not what's being argued. So again, it's a redirection from what's actually being said. The, 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 the true point of contention is that we can know anything for certain. You claim no, apparently because of your agnosticism. And so in some senses, to be a Christian agnostic, I think is simply to say, I'm a person of faith. Now, uh, let me address this because many people have redefined faith. Faith is not this nebulous knowledge. Well, I kind of hope something's going to happen or this faith like uncertainty. That is not faith, biblically speaking. Hebrews 11 tells us this. Now, faith is actually the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of. Of things not seen. So it's 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 not seeing what we know. You know. Um, it's not a denial. Or it's it's not this faith in like. You know. Many people use faith like this. Man I, I just. I just. You know. I just hope it'll happen. I'm gonna just. I'm just having faith. That's that's not faith. Biblically speaking. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a certainty. But again, his view of uh, this this knowledge, not being able to know. Matter of fact, Colossians 3.10 tells us to put on the new self who's being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. There's this knowledge we're being conformed to. If, if, there's just, if it's just unknowable, uh, I mean, we can't just know. Th- there's many passages in the Bible that don't make any sense. Like 1 John 3.19, we will know. Well, we will know by this that we are the truth we, and will assure our hearts before him. And in First John 2, 21, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it and because no lie is of the truth. Wow. Um, seems to, you know, the, the biblical author seems to, you know, um, suggest we can know truth <laughs> if God has revealed it is oriented towards Jesus, who's oriented towards the tradition that surrounded and evolved around the person of Jesus. I am somebody who's always on a journey. A journey to what, though? I mean, in in agnosticism, journey to, to truth? Well, you can never know truth for certain. So you're just on this nebulous journey, unending journey to nowhere. And when will you get there? When how, how how will you actually know it, given your agnosticism that you've arrived at truth? Since you can never know anything for certain. Like I said, I've labored the point. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 this is a quite silly statement. Somebody who's always going to keep seeking and hopefully keep learning and growing. Jesus is my cornerstone. Jesus is the one in whom I find the most meaning and the most rhythm for my life. The, the rhythm? Uh... <laughs> what is this a beat i mean um who who what what a, i mean tell us about this jesus well i, I can't because i don't know anything <laughs> so you what do you have to offer people about jesus and why they should believe in him giving your agnosticism as soon as anybody asks what why how when where you just have to tell them i don't know who is jesus i don't know according to brandon and yes, we know where his journey ends unless he repents. That's right. 
to the wonderful Wizard of Oz journey. Yes, he's he, he's off to see the wizard. Yeah, he's he's going somewhere. I don't think he knows. He's just on a following the yellow brick road, I guess. I like I said. Yeah, this is this. Yeah, let's keep going. Action that I try to walk on, but at the end of the day, I stand in humble, reverent awe at the bigness, the beauty, the mystery, and the majesty of the universe. And I don't notice that statement. I stand in beautiful awe, right? That he's talking about his humility of the majestic wonder. Wait, how, how do you say you stand in the awe of not knowing and then give things you do know about God? Majestic, holy. <laughs> Like I said, in literally one sentence, an agnostic will contradict himself. Oh, but who am I, right? I don't know. You don't know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know, but you don't know. How do you know that? Don't. You can't tell what I don't know. You just don't know it. <laughs> you don't know what I know, but you can't tell me I don't know what I know. <laughs> See? Uh, you know, this is epistemic failure. You know, this is epistemic failure. Uh, he would fail philosophy one-on-one <laughs> at this level. Because it is a self-revealing statement. Once you say you don't know anything for certain, you don't know what you know, you can't tell me what I don't know. I like this. Bottom line, dad says, Brandon, I have something to say. His followers, what? Brandon, nothing. <laughs> yes, what can he tell us? Besides, he doesn't know. We can't know. All we can do is be amazed. We can't know. That's a that's an appeal to knowledge. That's something you know. As St. Augustine once wrote, we are talking about God. What wonder is it that you do not understand? For if you understood, you would no longer be talking about God. God is bigger than our boxes and our ideas. That's an interesting knowledge claim there that you seem to know, but as if Augustine <laughs> would uh, would agree with what you're saying in this video. Um, yeah, so <laughs> very interesting, right? But let's let's put a finger on that claim that he doesn't know anything for certain, right? That you know, it's it's actually uh, humble to say that. It's arrogant to say otherwise, right? Let's put a finger that. To every time he makes a knowledge claims, right? Let's uh, you know, let's just let's just put pin that needle right there, right? So every time he says something of certain, um, you know, we can know we can know it, right? We or we can uh, <laughs> we can uh, let me let me address this comment because you know because you know you know I, I'm not even gonna do it. I'm not going to do it. W whatever. You believe what you want. I, I really don't care. You're going to trust from <laughs> certain people who are known to uh, be eccentric in their language. But feel free to believe what you want. We're going to continue with this video. So let's go. John 3.16 does not say you need to join a religion in order to be saved. John 3.16 simply says, God loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The question then is, what does it mean to believe in Jesus? It means to believe what Jesus said was true. And what did Jesus say? He said all of the law and the prophets are summed up in two commands. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, given his last video, I would ask him, how does he actually know that? You know, but <laughs> but that's not all what Jesus said. See, this is what liberalism does. Liberalism 
reduces Jesus' words to quite a just a paragraph. All you know, ultimately, <laughs> you know, they, they they don't like a lot of things Jesus said. They don't like a lot of things Paul says or, or John or or Peter. So they ultimately reduce the Bible, the New Testament, to a couple paragraphs, really, when you get down to it. And, and it's, it's it's just all the love passages and, and certain love passages, really, because not all those are uh, positive for liberalism. Um, but he's just saying, hey, you know, Jesus said love, you know, to love. Yes. Yes. But that's not all he says. That's not all Jesus says. So let's keep going. He said, those who enter the kingdom of God are those who do the will of God. To believe Jesus is to believe what he said and what he did. You can do that and be a part of any religion. Anyone who loves God and loves their neighbor is following Jesus. Anyone who loves their neighbor. <laughs> uh, what, hold on, let's go back and see. Let's, what else? Jesus. Following, loves their neighbor is following Jesus. Anyone who uh, loves their neighbor is following Jesus. Well, is that what Jesus taught only? Well, even in the verse he quoted, it contradicts him. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So notice this. Jesus demands belief in him, otherwise you will perish. Not just uh, moralism as he wants to uh, you know, place on the people. Matter of fact, Jesus in John 14, 6. Um, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's 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 exclusive. The 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 religion of Christ, Christianity. He says you have to follow me. It's not. Notice what he reduces is, um, just love your neighbor, which is actually, <laughs> uh, Brandon Robertson is is uh, positing a works based religion, if you really think about it. He's just saying, hey, love your neighbor. Just do the right things. You know, if you just do all these good works, then you'll go to heaven. Right. Um, yeah, the Bible says a lot about that. Right. It's by grace we're saved. Not of not of us, not not the man who runs or, you know, right. It depends not on our will. It's not the basis of works, not based on our loving of the neighbor who gets into heaven. It's based on Christ. And what he did on those who believe in him on our behalf. So, again, he's positing a false gospel. Just right there. Amazing. Amazing. Well, not amazing. Not amazing, right? It's 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 actually quite sad. Quite sad. Um, makes you just want to say, Bruh. like, what are you talking about, right? Like. What are you talking about? You know, I mean, I, I sometimes you don't have the words to say. You just want to, you know. Boy, if you don't get. Just get out of here with all this, man. Get this out of the church. <laughs> you know, because. Ain't nobody got time for that. We don't have time for the heresy that he is spreading. So. Yes. Uh, let's let's. <laughs> let's get to the next video. I don't know what happened after the crucifixion of Jesus. All I do know is that something happened. <laughs> Hold on. Let's 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 play that again. And remember, he doesn't know anything for certain. I don't know what happened after the crucifixion of Jesus. All I do know is that something happened. Okay. I don't know what happened. All I know is something happened. 
but I really don't know anything for certain. <laughs> so it's like this, this mismatch of double talk. Mismatch of double talk. And yes, uh, Rubes is right. It's the age of social media where anybody can be so-called theologians and teachers. Yes. And TikTok is full of them from what I hear. <laughs> like I said, I don't have a TikTok, but people send me videos and it's just like, wow. Wow. So someone, so let's understand what's being stated. Someone's asking him, do you believe Jesus came back to uh, life three days after his death? And his answer is, I don't know. Right. But something happened. Let's continue to play these words. Something gave the disciples of Jesus inspiration and hope to continue on. Something. I can't tell you what it is, but something. Something did it. Something mobilized them to go into the world and proclaim this gospel, this good news that God's kingdom was coming on earth as it is in heaven. Something did it. I don't know. Can't, can't tell you what that is. So you can believe in it as well. But some, believe in that something that you can't know about. You know, that motivated the apostles. Let me tell you what it is, though, Brandon. It was the resurrection. <laughs> it was the resurrection. Let's, you know, I'm going to let him finish. Then I'm going to go to a Bible verse. Something gave them strength Something. to resist the forces of empire and to declare a better way. Something. And so I don't know if that was a physical bodily resurrection. I don't know if the spiritual encounter with Jesus was enough to do that. Something happened, though. And I do believe Jesus is alive, present, and active in all who seek to follow him. I don't know if that was a physical resurrection or some kind of spiritualized, right? Resur huh? What? Let's let's see what the apostles, right? The eyewitnesses, the, you know, first century Christians believed about that. In first Corinthians 15, 13 says there is no res resurrection of the dead. Then even Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are found to be misrepresenting God. So guess what? If 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 Christ has not been found, if, if Christ has not, uh, you know, been raised from the dead, Paul saying we, we we're liars because we're teaching he has. Right. But he says, because we testify about God that he raised Christ <laughs> whom he did not raise. If it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, guess what, Brandon? Your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. This this is this is what you just said. I don't know if we're still in our sins or not. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Brandon, you are to be pitied if Christ is not bodily, physically raised from the dead. Come on, we, you, you, you cannot say this. <laughs> you cannot say this. This is why we will be resurrected. Because it is a surety of that because Christ is raised from the dead. All men will be resurrected either to life or to death, the second death. I mean, that is the point of the Bible. That's something you can't miss. That's a very simple point. But, you know, Brandon doesn't know. Brandon doesn't know, um, which is not shocking. But next video.
Hey everyone, Pastor Brandon here. One of the most frustrating things about modern Christians is that we claim to have exclusive hold of the truth. We demonize every other religion, every other scripture, every other teacher, other than our understanding of what is true. And that is no way to live in a pluralistic world. Well, that, that, that's part of the problem. This isn't a pluralistic world. It's God's world. God determines what reality is. Not pluralism. That's that, Like I said, this, his theology is so man-centered. Because it starts with man. And it reasons up to God. So many people do that in religion, in philosophy, in their thought processes, and in their ideology. They start with themselves and conclude God is this way. I'm pluralistic, therefore, this is a pluralistic world. You see how that works? No, what has God said about the world? The world is objective. It's based on what God has said it is. God is the determiner of what reality and the world is. Sorry, I'm preaching here, but that point needs to be made. Not, um, you know, not you, not your pluralistic beliefs. And what's actually even more fascinating is that this is not how Christians have traditionally related to people of other worldviews. Now, if you guys want to see an abuse of scripture, hold on to your seats. Are you, are you guys ready? I just want you to see this. And I've seen this scripture. I've seen this scripture abused uh, multiple times. Multiple times. Uh, but... Listen, listen to this. And, 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 and funny, this guy seems to know a lot right now <laughs> after he said, I don't know anything. Like I said, so he, like I said, you cannot be consistent with your with your. Uh, with your agnosticism or, uh, you know, atheism or you know, ultimately your postmodern worldview, it's, it's not consistent. No, no, no need to fear, guys. <laughs> you don't need to be brilliant uh, scientists to critique this stuff. It's a contradiction in its own right. But let's go. In fact, the very founders of Christianity related to people of differing worldviews, differing religions, favorably. In Acts chapter... He says the, the, the early Christians were very fable, favorable to other religions. And he proceeds to quote scripture, Acts 17. So let's see. For instance, the Apostle Paul is in Athens, Greece, standing on Mars Hill, which was a place where ancient philosophers would come together and debate about their philosophy. And as he's articulating his beliefs about Jesus to this group of people, he draws on their own pagan poets to help articulate his beliefs. In other words, Paul finds truthfulness in pagan poetry, in their philosophy in their worldview. And instead of demonizing and debating them, he draws on the commonalities that they have. In Acts chapter 17, verse 28, he says, For in him we live and move and have our being. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Therefore, since we are God's offspring, and he continues his argument. There's a reason why he stopped there. <laughs> there is a reason why Brandon stop there because this whole point was oh he was very favorable yeah yeah once again how does he know this is true yeah that's that's the point yeah how do you how do you know this he was favorable to christian you just say you don't know anything for certain that's a knowledge claim but anyways we've labored that point he says well he's favorable because he quoted their pagans but <laughs> but watch what he does 
Paul is using a great presuppositional argument. You know, he says he wasn't, what do you say? He, he, he didn't belittle the, the, the opposing, um, you know, religions. He was favorable. But let's, let's read all of verse 29. Let's, let's read this. As a matter of fact, verse 30 and 31. He says, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of man. Paul's literally going in on paganism. Don't think that God is like your God, <laughs> right? An idol, unmovable, right? Verse 30, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed. Of course, he's talking about Jesus. And of this, he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Whoa. Brandon, you, you said you didn't know if Jesus raised from the dead. Well, Apostle Paul knew. And like I said, he's, he's going right in on the pagan uh, people in, right here in Ath uh, Areopagus. Right, right there in Athens. And guess what? He brings up the resurrection. Paul was not stupid. He knew that was going to be the thing that would, you know, cause many people to mock. And they mocked they did. Verses 32 to 34. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you about this. Right? They say, hey, we, we, we got to hear again. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined them and believed. See, this is why you got to preach the resurrection. This isn't something you can't be uncertain about. This, ain't, this isn't something as silly as what color pews we're going to have. Right. What are we going to name the church building? This isn't something minuscule. You know, we're going to be on the east side of town, west side of town. That's this isn't something as minuscule as that. This is we get the gospel wrong. You get it all wrong. You get it all wrong, Brandon. Let's continue. Sorry. But you see, he draws on the wisdom of the pagan. <laughs> I'd love for you to share your music no more, right? For 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 this video. <laughs> Sorry for upsetting you guys. At a tradition to articulate his case. No, he shows they're inconsistent. He he's using it as a presuppositional argument to show their inconsistencies, but let's keep going. You see, Christians don't have exclusive hold of the truth. Jesus is our understanding. Let let me say let me Christians don't have exclusive to the truth. We we have exclusive right to the God who does have exclusive rights to the truth. We're not claiming it's right because of us, but because of God. It's easy, Q. You're, you're onto something. This is a guy that leads people to deconstruct and apostatize. Yes, this is what happens when you deconstruct and apostatize. Absolutely. The embodiment of the way of God. Jesus is one manifestation of God's truth. One manifestation. Um, I mean, I don't even like that language because it's, but you know, Trinity issues. But I think I know what he's. I know what he's trying to argue. He's saying Jesus is just our truth, but you know, to Islam, Muhammad is their truth, or to to you know, 
Joseph, you know, the Mormonism, Joseph Smith is the truth. No, Jesus is the truth. There's not multiple truths in that sense. Jesus is the definer of truth. Not a truth, Brandon, as you claim. He's the truth. You don't know truth apart from Christ, who is God in the flesh. See, this... Th <laughs> Your 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 false false uh, Christianity is showing. Your your false brethren in you is showing. You don't believe Christ, Brandon. Do you believe Jesus is the way, not a way, the way, the truth and the life that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ alone? Jesus didn't Jesus didn't preach pluralism. That's right. This is Oprah theology. You didn't get it from Jesus. Call yourself Oprahism, Oprahite, I don't know, whatever you call, Oprahian, I don't care, but you're not a Christian, because you don't believe what Christ has spoken. <sighs> but our New Testament also says that God has spoken in many times, in many places, through many ways. God does not only speak through Christianity. God See, he's he is king of not finishing the verses let's let's let me go to that verse because that's not all that verse says yes god has spoken in many ways but in these last days he's spoken to us by his son jesus only in him whom he appointed the heir of all things through also he created the world that's jesus he just said well god speaks in many ways to many people that, that's not what it says Continue the verse, Brandon. <sighs> so frustrating, man, to see people uh, just, uh, you know, rip scripture out of its context to to preach this plural. Bro, believe your pluralism garbage. Don't use the Bible because the Bible doesn't support this at all. You don't have to be liberal to, you know, you don't, you don't need the Bible to be liberal. Just go be liberal. Don't abuse the text in the process not only spoken through Christianity. Throughout history, God has revealed God's self in many different ways, religious, philosophical, and secular. Even though the Bible says, in these last days, he's spoken to son. Well, no, he speaks through other, you know, other people too. You don't believe the text. You'll quote it, half of it. You'll, you'll, you'll abuse it, but that's not what it says. Even in our modern day, Jesus taught that the Spirit of God would continue to reveal all the truth. To those who have eyes and ears to perceive God's spirit and God's speaking in our modern day, we can hear God in science. We can hear God in historical studies. We can hear God in other religious traditions and in spiritualities. Jesus never said that. Notice you're inserting all that. Yeah, yeah, this, Yes, the spirit will lead us. Who's the us? The people of God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep. Not the goats. <laughs> my sheep, Brandon. So I want to encourage you, if you're a person of faith, if you're a Christian person, to a person of faith, be more like the Apostle Paul, be willing to explore and listen and learn from other traditions, other perspectives. OK, he says, if you're a Christian, be more like the Apostle Paul. OK, I'm not sure you want to use Paul as your your scapegoat. But how about we be more like Paul when he says in Galatians one, uh, you know. He says, uh, I'll start at verse six. He says, I'm astonished you are so quickly 
deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and in turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we are an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel, gospel contrary to the one we preach you, let him be accursed. Wow. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. Wow. Let's be more like the Apostle Paul, right? Who said other faith traditions are to be accursed. Because God is speaking, not just through Christianity, not just through your version of Christianity, but through all these different paths. God is big enough for all of us to belong in the realm of truth. And like I said, this guy seems to know a whole bunch bunch now. When you know prior, he was just saying he doesn't know anything for certain. You know. Anyways, God is big enough to hold all of our. Yeah, this this is a great uh, verse uh, from Pop H says. Paul said, "I didn't want to know nothing else among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified." There are other faiths who deny the crucifixion of Christ. How do you, how do you how do you gel that with your pluralism uh you know Brandon How do you how do you gel that with your 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 you know, inclusive religion diversity and our faith will be enriched if we are humble enough to listen to learn and to incorporate wisdom from all the traditions that we have access to <sighs> Wow Wow, right? You you know, some things just leave you speechless. Yeah, let, let me say this, just in case you're confused. Uh, that's nowhere in the Bible. Like, like I said, we saw the proof text he used um, to demonstrate that. Uh, it was not, not in the Bible, clearly. San Miguel, what's going on, man? Hope all is well with you and your family, man. Hope you're doing well, man. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's not in the Bible. The Bible does not say, hey, everybody has... You know, um, you know, some some truths that, you know, God speaking to other religions and, you know, you just need to go to them for certain truths. No, this is not plural. Like I said, pluralism is not taught in scripture. But let's uh, let's do one more video. You guys down for one more? <laughs> Probably not, but we're going to do it anyway. There are two ways to answer this question. All right. So let's understand what the question is. Since there's two ways to understand it. Someone is asking him, how do you get saved? So, right, we're going to see fundamentally what he believes the gospel is, right? Do you guys think he's going to share the gospel with us? Let's see. There are two ways to answer this question. First is to talk about eternal salvation. Second is to talk about salvation in this life. When we're talking about eternal salvation, the good news is this. Absolutely everyone will be redeemed in the end. The wow. So his gospel, his good news is... Don't worry about repenting and faith. If you don't, you're just going to be saved anyway. He's a universalist. Surprise, anyone? <laughs> Did that surprise anyone? Someone was like, yeah, I could have saw that coming. I mean, yeah, not 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 shocking. It's probably the least shocking thing about this video. He's a universalist. <laughs> but again, how does he know that to be true? That's another point for another time. But that is that is straight heresy. Right? The Bible clearly tells, right, that there's um, Jesus is the only way to the Father. But he says, no, it doesn't matter. Everyone's going to be saved in the end anyway. This is straight from Rob Bell. Love wins in the end. Eventually, everyone will be saved. Right? That That is the theology of Rob Bell and where he gets that from. Straight universalism, right? 
Yes. Wow. It's 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 sad to see that just preached, right? And you know, you know, sadly, this man has a church. He's a pastor, uh, and I use that term pastor loosely because he's not he's not guarding the flock. He's not guarding the sheep. He's not exhorting them on what to believe. I just know this church is if I was to listen to a sermon, it would be just social justice, uh, all this, <laughs> you know stuff yeah you know exactly what it'd be but yeah he preaches universalism and guess what he's gonna abuse another text be thinking of a text he may try to use i want you to kind of think what what he would be used uh where 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 do universalists generally go to prove universalism maybe you've never talked to a universalist so maybe this will be the first time you see one of the passages that universalists will try to go to to prove uh, universalism. Love of God will cover a multitude of humanity's sins. Romans chapter 5 says, In Adam all die, but in Christ all will be made alive. All will be redeemed. All will be resurrected. All will be restored to the heart of the Father. Yeah, good old Romans 5, right? But that that's not actually all what it says. That's not what it says. Oh, yes, it does say an animal die, but in Christ will all be made alive. See, if you don't understand federal headship, federal theology, you will completely miss Paul's point. I mean, Paul's already said that the wrath of God already abides on the unbelievers at this point. Um, Interesting. But let's look at Romans 5. It says, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. Sounds like Paul's arguing universalism. If you don't know any better, we'll read on. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Here's Paul's point. The Paul's point is this federal headship. All in Adam die. All in Adam are condemned. All in Christ are made alive. Not everyone is in Christ. Not everyone's in Christ. It's by faith, right? We come to Christ. This isn't something that happens de facto just by living, right? Um, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. And so he uses this verse to demonstrate Universalism. This doesn't make sense with the whole of the Bible because the Bible says that there are people that will be, uh, you know, weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Like, what? Well, what do you wait? What do you do with that verse? Where there will be people under God's judgment in hell. Now, some people have gone to say, well, yeah, yes, they they do go to hell. I think this is Rob Bell's position, but that it's only temporary. So much for eternal condemnation, eternal damnation, right? But that, like I said, I, I let them try to figure out their contradictory, contradictory positions, right? The second kind of salvation Jesus talked about was salvation in this life. He said his disciples are meant to experience abundant life, which meant here and now. The way you experience that salvation is to align yourself with the way of Jesus. 
anyone who aligns themselves with Jesus's way, which is to say, loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, living in the path of self-sacrificial love for the good of others, you will experience abundant life in this world and you will work with God to bring redemption to this world on earth as it is in heaven. Said nowhere in the Bible, right? Working with God to accomplish redemption. God saves alone. He don't need your help. He don't need your help. Sorry, he, he's been doing this. He kind of he knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. And so, yes, he does not need your help, Brandon. Sorry, yes. Um, especially from a universalist uh, <laughs> denying salvation by grace through faith, uh, you know, who has works to the gospel. He especially doesn't need your help. He doesn't need anyone to help. And so, yeah, that was the last video, guys. I hope you, <laughs> hope this is, you know, not just, you know, you know, been entertainment but good for uh you know learning what you would say that oftentimes when i'm playing videos like this i um i i want you to be able to hey how would i respond how would i respond to someone using this passage you know because guess what i i've met i've met universalists maybe maybe you've not been exposed to this kind of thinking yes i want to expose you to this kind of thinking, but i also want to give you the answers to some of these things and so hopefully this was helpful, challenging in that sense, uh, to where now you're, you're, you would be better equipped, um, for these, for, for, you know, to respond to some of these, um, challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brandon's out there. Absolutely. But we still have to deal with what's being said, right. Um, in a, a gracious, kind manner. It's something I've been very, uh, convicted about. And so, uh, yes, Brandon is a false teacher, obviously, um, Absolutely. You know, how about this? See, Brandon. Well, let's get let's get it ready. He Brandon is a false teacher. He's a false teacher, and guess what? Many people have set for themselves false teachers to scratch their itching ears. They want to be pleased, right? They want to they want people to tell them exactly what they want, right? This is this is why many false teachers are very popular. The Michael Todd's, the Joe Lowsteins, the Titty Jakes, the you name it, right? You know, and oftentimes, a, a very, uh, oftentimes, not all the times, oftentimes, these people don't want to, uh, um, you know, address sin. Address sin, right? Um, <laughs> maybe. Feel free to email me, uh, Pop H. Uh, but yes, uh, like I said, I don't want to make this about that, but. But yeah, um, hope you guys like this video. Hope it, uh, like I said, hope it was helpful for you and your theology. Um, I will be going live tomorrow night. I will be talking with my man Delano Squires. If you don't know who he is, something, someone you need to know. He he uh, writes for the Blaze. He's a Christian, uh, reformed Christian, reformed brother, a uh, black brother, uh, <laughs> and he's he's brilliant. Um, he he is brilliant. When it comes to addressing a lot of these cultural issues. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. Same time. As I go live. 7.15 uh, p.m. Central Standard. 8.15 uh, Eastern Standard. As me. me we, we, we just, I'm just going to pick his brain man. And just let him talk about some cultural stuff. Some some you know community issues. And, and obviously Christ. And so you don't want to miss it. It's going to be something you don't want to miss. So guys you know how we do it here at All Things Theology. Till the next time. Grace and peace, y'all. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.